Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm joined today by former agency founder, a gentleman who started his agency in 1991, ran it for about 11 years, sold it in 2002, and about 15 years ago, started his coaching practice, DaCosta Coaching. He's the author of a great book, The Self-Running Agency, and one of my favorite podcasts about agencies, The Agency Accelerator. I've been fortunate enough to be a guest on that show. So with all of that, please welcome. Welcome, Rob DaCosta. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's really great to be here. And your introduction makes me feel very old because I'm sure some of your listeners will be thinking, I wasn't even born in 1991. I actually wasn't born in 1991, Rob. Well, just to, there uh, we go. <laughs> just to really dig the knife in and twist it. But I would prefer oh, yeah. to refer to this as wisdom because that's really what it is in the context of the show. You've been through Gray it all. Hair. You've seen the industry grow and change. Um, and so I'm really excited to have you on the show to unpack a topic that I think is really important that we can't talk about enough, which is the idea of specialization and all of the ways we can think about that, the reasons that it doesn't happen, that it should happen and all of that good stuff. But before we get into it, I'd love to give you a chance to share in your own words, what you do, who you serve and how you serve them. 2007, as you said, I started this current business to cost of coaching. So over the past 15 years, you know, I've always specialized in working with agencies. And so over the past 15 years, worked with about 350 agencies doing kind of one-to-one coaching as well as group coaching as well. So, and that brings me to where we are today. Right. And so what is your response when they come and see you about these things? How do you typically uncover what the root cause is, what needs to be done, and what does it generally come down to? Yeah, that's an interesting question, really, because often people would tell me they've got a specific problem. But when you look under the bonnet or the hood for North American users, listeners, um, you often find it something completely different. And so I think that what we have to do, first of all, is really have a good look at their business and, you know, talk to people, not just the owners, if there's more than just the owner. And I think the thing I would always start with is asking my my client, do you have a clear plan? And often they'll say to me, yes, I do. And they'll show me that plan. And it's usually a plan around money and people. And I say, so like, actually, a plan is so much more than that. You need to understand who you're targeting. You need to have a marketing strategy. You need to have a sales strategy. You need to understand your audience. You need to have your pricing strategy. You need to have systems and processes to support this growth. That's what a proper vision looks like. So often the work we'll do, first of all, is, is around a vision. And people have to be open to this because obviously one of the first things I might be doing with the client is bursting their bubble when they think they've got problem A, but they've got problem B. If, if, I, if I may, I'll give you a really good quick example of this, of a, a client. Um, so they contacted me. Um, this was a London agency who had a sales team of about three or four people. And they said to me, hey, Rob, we need some sales training, which isn't really my bag. But I thought well, I'd go and have a chat with them and applied what I just said, did a fact find, talked to various people. And 
found that actually it wasn't it, what the problem what didn't lie with sales the problem lied with the fact that they weren't getting good enough quality leads they weren't qualifying those leads well enough before it got to the sales team so what happened is the sales people were being run ragged going to meetings and not closing the deals because they were poor fit clients or poor fit prospects and so we actually had to look at their marketing strategy and who they were targeting and their niche and their and the qualification process so that what we ended up doing is having less leads coming into the business, but much higher conversion rate. So that's an example of where a client thinks it's problem A, but it turns out to be problem B. Right. They come to you with the symptoms. And this is, it's funny because the same thing was true in their sales system. And I'm sure it was true in their agency as well, where this is another example of they think the problem is starvation, but it's actually indigestion. It wasn't that <laughs> they didn't have enough leads. It's that they had, they were paying attention to too many. Um, so an interesting mindset shift. So with that, let's let's talk about some of the key mindset shifts that you take clients through and, and why they're important um, as you go through that planning phase. Yeah, there's um, well, I think the first mindset mindset shift is a really fundamental one, which is um, don't ask yourself the question, will other people do it as well as me? But ask the question, will they do it well enough? Um, and so kind of getting entrepreneur owners to realize that other people won't do stuff the same way they do is the first mindset. So it's the most fundamental thing. If you don't get that right, they are never going to grow. But there's also a big mindset shift around pricing. I know you've spoken about value pricing on the show before, and I'm a big proponent of that. And I've realized that getting your pricing right is 50% mindset and 50% strategy. So I think there's a big mindset shift around pricing and what you're worth and what your services are worth. And then there's also a big mindset shift around niching, which I know we're going to dig into um, because I think a lot of people think they tell themselves the story that if I niche my agency, I'm going to lose all these other opportunities. And of course, I say to them, well, how many of these supposed other opportunities are you actually winning? And the answer is usually zero. So I think there's a mindset shift around that. And just this mindset shift of around it being my baby when it's a one person agency or they're very small to I need to build a really strong, challenging team beneath me that can take on lots of the responsibility and I can then delegate a lot of this. And it's interesting, at that stage, I think a lot of agency owners feel a little bit lost because they've taken so much of what they used to do, they've redefined their role as something else, which might be more strategic, less hands-on, less day-to-day client work, and now they've got other people doing it. And so their whole focus needs to change. So there's a big mindset shift around that as well. Now, I want to pivot into the topic of specialization and niching because I think it it offers some very compelling solutions to most of the problems that you've just described around, you know, hiring great people that are really, you know, experts in a certain area, charging higher fees, being more profitable, being more targeted and deliberate about marketing. All these things become a lot easier when you know exactly who you're solving problems for. for. Um, Yeah. But there are some mindset shifts that we need to get over there as well. I've heard lots of them. I'm sure you have as well. You mentioned one earlier, which is we're going to miss out on all of these opportunities that we're just swimming in today if we start saying that we are better at one thing for one person. Um, let's talk about that. Why Why do you yeah. feel that limiting belief comes up and how should we be thinking differently? Well, I think there's simple, simple answer to this is that the specialist will always be able to charge more than the generalist. And I always, you know, I try to tell people lots of stories outside of their industry to help them understand this. So I always say, like, if you needed knee surgery 
you would go to a knee surgeon specialist, not your GP doctor. And if you had to pay for that, which fortunately in the UK, we have a national health system, so we don't have to pay. But if you had to pay for that, you would be paying the knee surgeon way more money than you would be the GP. But you'd also trust the knee surgeon to operate on your knee and do the right job, whereas a GP might be kind of guessing. And exactly the same is true for an agency. And I think any industry, especially the agency sector, that is in a very competitive marketplace, if you try to be a generalist, you've got to find a way of of differentiating yourself. And the way that you're going to end up differentiating yourself as a generalist is either by being cheaper or by promising crazy levels of service. And both of those are a race to the bottom, unless you're really geared up to be kind of some like some online system that provides no kind of human interaction at all that you can afford to be very cheap. But that's not the kind of agency that we work with that we are. Most agencies are relationship based, they're people based. Um, And so if you want to earn more money and grow sustainably and find it much easier to find your ideal target customer, then you have to be niched. Now, one of the things um, that I see a lot is people telling me that they're niched, but they're not really. They're still generalist within a big niche. So they might say, you know, we work in B2B space or we work in financial services. Well, that's kind of niching down a bit, but it's still a hugely broad sector. And so I'd encourage, always encourage people to go as niche as you dare and then broaden out over time. And I think agencies ebb, ebb and flow over time based on the way the market evolves and opportunities. I know my business certainly has over the years. Um, so I think that that it's super important. And as I said, a lot of people say they're niche, but then I'll go and check their website out and they don't show up as that niche. Or I'll look at their social media profiles. And again, they're not showing up at that, that niche. And kind of gets me thinking, why do so many agencies think they're niche, but they're not really? And I think it's because this saying, this, they're sort of hedging their bets. Because the one side of them is saying, I totally intellectually understand the value of niching and have being a specialist and, you know, finding my customers and being able to charge more as a specialist. But on the other hand, they're also running this fear. Yeah, but I'm going to lose out lots of opportunities. And, and, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll get my clients to do some analysis of their customers over the last couple of years and we'll categorize their customers into, um, most profitable clients clients that they have a a really enjoyable working relationship with and when you start to identify those clients that's where you can start to find out your niche and you might have been busy but you'll have been busy servicing lots of clients that weren't very profitable that were a pain in the backside to service because they didn't really understand you and you didn't really understand them so you had to keep going the extra mile to service them and of course that means you're less profitable blah 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 so you know that's so I, I think that's the thing i i total uh, you know fan of niching i don't know a lot of agencies that are truly generalist that um are really successful and i know a lot of agencies that are very specialist that are very successful my personal opinion and maybe i'm a little too aggressive about this is like every other way of niching is just derivative of solving a problem like stacking up a specific type of service for a specific industry is just a roundabout way of framing out like okay we can help solve these problems and so ultimately if you can start there then working backwards it probably is going to be a lot easier to figure out well what industries have this problem that we know of that we've talked a lot you know, how have we solved this? What is the best combination of services? Like a lot of the questions that you probably start to ask yourself afterwards about like, well, what is this going to mean for our service offering, for our positioning, for how we communicate this, for how we price it? If 
there's clarity on what problems being solved, then there's a lot of questions that are going to be a lot easier to answer if we land there. So my yeah, personal it, bias it, is like, try to get there if you can. Yeah, great, good advice. And I think the minute you understand the problem that you solve, it becomes so much easier to start charging the appropriate fee. Because I'm not thinking about how many days is this going to take? How many hours? What materials do I need? I'm thinking about what is it worth if I can get rid of your knee pain? You have not slept, had a good night's sleep for a year, and I can get rid of your knee pain. What is that worth to you? And there's nowhere in that. that and then the patient isn't saying, well, yeah, but how long is it going to take? Just to use another analogy for a minute. Um, I talk about dentistry. If you've got really bad toothache and you go to the dentist and they get rid of your pain and they say that's going to, that's 300 pounds, you wouldn't walk up there and say, well, that's a lot of money for 15 minutes of work. Because the dentist would turn around and say, well, if I took three hours, so the hundred pounds an hour, would that make it more valuable for you? And of course it wouldn't, because I'm paying you to get rid of my pain, literally here. But we need to apply that same thinking to our businesses and get away from, you know, the time and materials. And, and, and if we understand the problem we solve and we leave with that, then it becomes much easier to do. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that segues nicely into the next point, which is how do we start applying this new lens to not only increase our fees, but then we can also talk about how this helps us decrease our costs as well and, and start to increase our profits from both sides of the equation. But we'll start with the fees. We talked about value and relative value. I think that's a really important concept, right? I mean, even recently we went through this where we flipped a house and there's things that we wanted to do, but we couldn't justify it because we weren't going to get the value out of the house. Like, sure, a granite countertop would look great, but we can't justify making that investment because the value is not there. How, if, but if we were in another house, then it might have made perfect sense to spend even more money on a granite countertop because the lift to the house would have been significant. So we had to apply this lens of not just what is the cost and what is the price, but what is the value relative to the greater context of the issue we're trying to solve here. I think that that's a core idea um, that you talk a lot about when it comes to pricing. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. What's the first kind of mindset shift that we have to make once we have a niche to start using that to leverage our pricing up? Well, I think, so I think I'm using a brick wall in a different context here, but we, first of all, it's really important that we build a brick wall between how we operate internally and what we communicate to our clients. So uh, you, I don't know whether you're going to agree with this, Marcel, but internally, we still need to be recording time. We still need to use some kind of time recording to monitor our time to ensure that we are profitable. We might have, you know, different hourly rates for different people internally, but none of that is relevant to the client because we're solving a pain for the client. And as with the dentist idea, that it doesn't matter how long it takes. And there's a real problem about, I feel a, there's a real problem for agencies that still sell on time. And that is uh, so many 
And that is that you get your client to focus on the wrong thing. So um, if I'm going to the dentist and the dentist is selling me time, well, I'm focused on the wrong thing now because I don't really, actually I want you to do it as quickly as possible. But what I really care about is this transformation from not from being in pain to not being in pain. And so we as an agency need to identify that transformation that we're taking our clients through and then price it based on that outcome. And that is simply what value pricing is, I believe. it's I, I, It gets kind, kind of complicated and confused. And people say, so do you mean payment by results? And it's like, no, I'm not talking about payment by results at all. I'm just talking about understanding your client because you have a clear niche, understanding the pain they're in, understanding how much, what the value would be to them to get rid of their pain, which simply could be, you know, generating X amount of revenue because the website's now optimized and it's generating leads and it's an e-commerce platform. So it could simply be, well, we're taking you from a hundred thousand a month to a million a month. And now we can quantify that, but often it isn't quite as simple as that. Um, and so I think it's just having those conversations early on with your clients to help understand what's going on in their heads so that you can understand what the value will be of this transformation from pain. Yeah. And I want to double click on that for a moment. If I could, I completely agree. We should always be tracking our time, but never for the client. Well, not never for the client, but the primary purpose of that is, is for ourselves, right? To your point, we need to understand what our cost basis is. And then there's going to be situations where you know that your process to go through and do, let's use a logo as an example. Maybe you do incredible logos and you have a very involved process that involves very senior people and your cost basis is $50,000 to go through a branding and logo exercise for a client. Well, the pizza shop down the street that does a quarter million dollars a year, they're not going to pay you $50,000, even if that's what it costs you to do it, because it's just not worth that to them. But the airline that's got to go spend $50 million putting this on a fleet of airplanes they'll probably pay you a million dollars to do it. And now your cost basis is great relative to the price that you're charging. So like, I think that's a really great point, but we definitely want to understand our cost basis because we need to know what our profitability is on that service. The other thing that I think is interesting and the other idea that I want to impress upon people here is that I see a mistake a lot where people think they've moved to value-based pricing, but actually what they've done is they've moved to a less good version of time and materials. I want to explain this. This is the flat fee that is scoped on time and materials that is set at an optimistic point. And what I think I want people to understand is, yeah, there's a lot of clients that actually don't even want to do time and materials anymore because they're not comfortable taking on the risk because they've been in a situation where they the scope of the project got out of hand and they paid for it. So now they're asking you to take on the risk. And I think the mistake I see a lot of agencies make is they take on the risk, but they don't compensate themselves for taking on that risk. They don't add enough margin. They just say, this is how many hours I think it's going to take. So I'm going to price it here. And if we end up spending a lot more time, we're going to pay for that. And I've even seen some go, if we spend less time than that, we'll give it back to to the client, which to me just boggles my mind. Like you have taken on the risk. That is a service that you did to the client by saying, this is what it's going to cost you and giving them certainty. You should at least compensate yourself for performing well relative to that and taking on that risk. So understand that value-based pricing is not just time and material scoping and then setting the cap there. It's time and material scoping to understand what your cost basis is and then pushing the price up as high as you can by having a conversation with a client about what what problem is being solved here and what does it mean for your business so that you can ideally create a lot of separation between the cost basis and the price to reward yourself for taking on the risk as the agency because that that does it should so um it should 
result in better compensation. It, it's it's a gamble I think, you're taking. I, I think I think historically the issue has been, and why people are so resistant to this is that clients say jump, and then the agencies say how high. And they might create some kind of scope of work or brief at the beginning. And then the client says, oh, can you just do this? And of course, this team especially want to do a good job for the client. And before we know it, we are massively over-servicing. But if they're charging on an hourly rate or a daily rate, they're going to say, well, at least we're charging the client for this extra work. Whereas if I move to this value-based concept, then, you know, when they ask me for this, I can't, I don't know how to handle it. So one of the things we've really got to train our teams to do and again this is there's a really simple framework that's so so um i don't know it has such a big impact and it's a language that i try to get into all of my clients and that is to help all of the team understand whether what they're doing is a standard service that's being paid for or is it an extra now if it's an extra does the client see it as an extra because often we think that it's an extra so the client will love us for it but the client doesn't see it as an extra because we haven't communicated it very well so they now see it as a standard service so next time when we say no we can't do that extra they're now disappointed because they saw it as a standard so we i hope i'm making myself clear there but we have to communicate really clearly with our team this is the scope of work and this is the standard service that you're paying for and this is how you handle it when a client asks you to do these extras and of course, when a client asks us to do an extra, we have some, we have three choices. We can either say yes and suck it up because that's, we can over service by 10% or whatever we agree. We say yes, but we need to drop something else. Or we say yes, but we need to charge you more money. And, and those are the, the, at that point in time when the client's asking for this is the point we have to have that conversation. It's too late afterwards when we've already done the work. So, so I think that kind of standard extra thing is so important. Well, Rob, I want to be mindful of our time here, but we've we've delved into, I think, a lot of really important ideas, both from the mindset all the way down to the tactical side of what it means to focus in the agency and leverage that to become more successful. I'm sure there's lots of people who are listening that want to get more inside of your brain, that want to consume more of the content that you create. And I highly recommend if you're listening that you do, we will leave links in the show notes. But Rob, where's the best place for them to head if they want to consume more of your great stuff? Yeah, just head over to my website, which is just dacosta, D-A-C-O-S-T-A, coaching, or one word, .co.uk. There's tons of free content on there, including my book and lots of other. There's niching guides and pricing guides, so you can kind of learn more about what we've talked about today. And uh, yeah, have a look around there. Amazing. So we will leave links to Rob's website, as well as his book, his podcast, his LinkedIn, which I recommend you connect on LinkedIn. That's where I see a lot of your new stuff coming out. Um, highly encourage you to go check out that content. And with that, Rob, I want to thank you again for making some time for us today. Really appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure. I always enjoy talking about these things. All right. And with that, everyone, wherever you're listening, leave us a comment. Let us know what you got from today's episode. If you have a question, if you have a takeaway, we'd love to hear from you and make sure you tune into the next episode. If you know anyone that would benefit from today's show, feel free to share it with them. I'm sure they'll appreciate you for it. And we'll see you on the next one. Rob, thanks for being here. And this is Marcel Great signing stuff. off. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. 
Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.